4 o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Football Insider, Stanford Route, the former Oakland Raider, coming up in less than 15 minutes. It's Cofield. Adam Hill is here. Angel, Nova Home Loan Studios, second half of the program on the way. Before we get to all the football, uh, one, uh, we're getting some feedback that our FM signal on 100.9 is a little bit wonky right now. Uh, apparently, the AM signal is a little cleaner, so if you want to give that a try, if you're listening, we appreciate you guys being patient. We'll see if we can work on it. 1100. 1100 on the AM dial. That's the the old signal, so we go old school on that. Um, news just in on capacity for Golden Knights when they get back. So they had, what, like 7,800, 7,700? There's 85. Oh, 85 for the last couple of games. They're going to push it to, looks like 11,000 for game five on Monday. Oh, is there a number? According to uh, Vince over at Fox 5, he says, uh, I'm told 11,000. Okay. Uh, Fans I'd... are being asked to arrive early and complete their I, – I should have faked that and, – and have their Vax card now uh, and complete their uh, questionnaire through the Health Pass app. 7.30, puck drop, mask, still mandatory. 11,000 on Monday. Yeah, I had seen like an hour ago uh, that they were increasing, but I didn't see a number. I'm trying to see if our uh, our story has it. But, yeah, it was, it's – you know, I think they're, they're going to be passing up a couple of teams uh, in what they're allowing. Um Carolina had allowed 12,000 uh, to their game. The Golden Knights were at 86-83 uh, uh, for their first two playoff games. Um, Florida at 96-46. Tampa Bay, 95-08. Pittsburgh, 93-44 uh, have been like the tops uh, in the league so far. So uh, if it is that around that 11,000 number, uh, be closer to – be second in the league so far in uh, most attendance allowed in the playoffs, which is – Pretty cool. Raiders news in David Irving released project defensive lineman had some outstanding moments with the Cowboys walked away from the game. You know, I'm not going to say drug issues. He's very pro marijuana. He's been vocal about that, but he was away from the game. They gave him a chance, but then they also reinforced with a ton of new defensive linemen. So for now he's out of the mix. Yeah. We'll see if this is a temporary thing. If he comes back at some point, if, uh, just didn't sounds like it just didn't work out between him and the team for whatever for whatever reason. Uh, so you know we'll we'll find out what is next for uh, David Irving if he does want to continue playing. As you said, he had walked away for a while from the game. Um, maybe does that again. Maybe uh, uh, goes into some pursuing some other interests, or maybe tries to catch on somewhere else. We'll find out uh, what David Irving does. But I think there was some hope for him. Uh, showed some you know some flashes with the team a little bit last year, but. Uh, they do have a lot of guys now, a lot of bodies, a lot of depth. And so uh, if if they didn't see things working out where he would become uh, a key rotational player, then uh, maybe best for, for both parties to move on. Maybe a sign that some of the young guys have already impressed, like Darius Stills? Possibly. Uh, also, just watching him deadlift, I'm down with Kendall Vickers. Did you see him deadlifting last week? A thousand? He was doing a thousand, but they didn't have enough like regular weights, so they were like, taping weights onto it. And then he had the, he had the hype man, maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was a relative, a dad, I don't know, but just screaming like, that's how you do it, let's go! I don't know how that translates to the, to the field. So you're saying if I could deadlift like 300 pounds, I'm not a pro athlete? 
Well, I, I just don't even know. Actually, Maybe not, like, I'm just basing like this on. I actually saw some some experts in weightlifting that were yeah. breaking this down. Like, oh no, they're saying nothing. Oh, okay, they're like, this is this is for show. Like, what are you doing? Like, this doesn't make it. This doesn't make any sense. It'd be like far better to just lift, you know, 800 a bunch of times and try to, or nothing, whatever whatever weight you're gonna try wrong, to do. Nothing wrong with maxing out. Let's do it. Sure, it's impressive. It looks great on Instagram. Got some attention. Sure, yeah, it did. But your Gruden got all fired up. We both saw it. Yes, <laughs> I did. And I'm usually not someone who just sits there and watches people, you know, deadlift. Well, and, and, I'll, and you know, full disclosure, I was like, wow, that's incredible. That's unbelievable. Then I saw people that know weightlifting that are like, no. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I, I guess I don't know. I have no idea. It means nothing. No. So many options. So many options for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe football's not in the cards this year, Packer fans. Jeopardy. Now he's appearing on SportsCenter. It says here he's joining Kenny Main. I don't know if that means he's a guest or maybe he's co-anchoring. Maybe he's a third anchor with Kenny Main as Kenny Main leaves ESPN. I think he's a guest. I, I don't know that maybe he's going to audition to take over Kenny Main's role as like that, you know, humorist. The, the adding humor to ESPN. He's, he's a funny guy. He's very dry. Is he? How about the next big star? Maybe he's the... If you were TV, we've talked about some of the weird uh, reach out efforts by TV people where they, they actually reached out to Sean McVay, who's like 12. Yeah. You know, McVay, whatever he is, 34 years old. And rumors were like, they're, they're ready to go on McVay. Like they're ready to throw, they would throw 16, $20 million at him to be the Monday Night Football analyst. Yeah. Could make more money doing TV than he could coaching. Imagine if Rodgers could get the going rate for Monday for for that big spot, right? I don't think the Monday Night Football guys are making eighteen million dollars, but the the Romo money, what Peyton Manning was offered, <laughs> if Rodgers just did Jeopardy and Monday Night Football for the year, what are we talking about? Twenty five, thirty million dollars? Yeah, but for I mean, year? it's still he's still not going to get like it's different with a coach. Like we're talking about, McVay could make more money doing TV than he could coaching. Rogers I get can't, it. Rogers I get can't it. make. So Rogers is up for thirty million dollars. But if you can make, hey, you know what? My down year, I'm going to lose money. I'm going to make twenty five. Right, but I think what you're thinking, if you're him, is even if I play three more years and make that, you know, forty million, then that all that money's still going to be there for me when I'm done. I'm still going to be able to go into TV. I'm still going to be able to go do Jeopardy if I want to, or some other game show. I don't know what he wants. To do. What do you think Yoko does? What's her decision? As you yeah. like to call her, whatever Jaylen gets her, Woodley. whatever gets her out of Green Bay. That's the push, basically. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. Could be. I, I think that's goal number one for her. <laughs> Rumors that Rodgers is getting closer to Denver. Played golf with John Elway. Or do we, do we amend it? Played on the same course as John Elway? Rumors were out there. That's the rumor, right? It was, first it was golf, and then they're like, yeah, they were on the same course. I loved how this story kind of developed. There was a TV reporter in Denver <laughs> who went on a Broncos podcast and said uh, that you know she had sources from both sides I don't know. saying that Rodgers and Elway played golf together recently. 
and this could be a sign that something is in the works. Now, media superstar Pat McAfee, you know, my my favorite host. Well, you and Von Tobel are just kissing his ass. He's, I see it with Von Tobel because Von Tobel's getting spots on uh, whatever their gambling show is. Oh, is he? Uh, oh, look at the look at the jealous uh, look. Touch. I was. Uh, I would like to listen to that. Like maybe McAfee wants to talk some Raiders sometime soon. Pat, do you like? Do you like? <laughs> MMA or Raiders or sure gambling or anything? I'll give you the Vegas scene. Wild man Adam Hill. Um, so yeah, he he kind of he played the audio from this report and he got all excited about it in his in his way and was all fired up. And then uh, AJ Hawk was on the show that day also. And so part I'll go back. Part of the story of Rogers and Elway playing golf together is that they played golf and then they got off the course and then w- went to the clubhouse. And they joined in a poker game, and they played poker with some of the some of the people there. And McAfee threw it to AJ Hawk, and he just so threw threw cold water on this. And he goes, "Playing golf together is believable." He's like, "Aaron ain't playing poker with some random dudes." Oh wow! <laughs> like, hey. That didn't happen. And so the next day. McAfee comes on and he 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 tell he retells the story. He goes, "This is where we were yesterday." He's like, "Somebody from the course reached out to me yesterday after the show, and was like, I got to tell you, the story is kind of true, but not like Rogers and Elway absolutely played the course on the same day. <laughs> they weren't in the same group." Well, that's a lot different. It is a lot different. So you understand how this story developed. Yep. They played at the same course. They're not the playing the same group. But there was an implication from McAfee through his source that maybe, you know, like 12th hole, the one's on the 12th, one's on the 16th. Ooh, There's some conversation. Here we go. One's on the 4th, one's on the 8th. There's Tom, some conversation. Tom Brady, Mark Davis, UFC. Okay. Well, around in that each case, other. they were photographed talking to each other. Yes. You will, you will always <laughs> correct everyone on that, that it was not yes. some fake story yeah. that they talked multiple times. Yeah. The, t- on two different locations, they were yes. they were together speaking that night. Um, so, yeah, this was this was a case of the story is true. They did play golf at the same time, the same course, just not together. And there was there was supposedly some interaction, at least on the course. But maybe weren't talking for five straight hours about a reunion. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios. It's Cofield and Company. All right, much to get into with our football insider on Friday. Stanford Route is up on Cofield and Company. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Happy to be back on with you. Yeah, we're thrilled. Uh, you know, it's weird. We have another race. We have more racing to talk about. Like the last couple of weeks, we've been talking <laughs> about track because, you know, your your track experience. We were talking about DK Metcalf a couple of weeks ago, and he wound up running a a 10 3 6. This was real quiet yesterday, but did you see that uh, uh, one of the websites, sports websites, set up a race, a 40 yard dash in multiple locations with Ruggs, Mikol Hardman, uh, Devin White, and Jefferson, the wide receiver with the Vikings? Did you see this? 
Yeah, I actually read um I actually read that article online where basically it was like a virtual 40-yard dash where you got all four of our all four of them are like in different places, probably different cities, whatever. And they're running against each other, basically just like on for time. So uh, it was very interesting uh, creation to see, none least. So, I mean, my question is, how much different is it to not have somebody racing next to you? Like just racing against the clock is a very different animal, right? Oh, no question about it. It is very difficult whenever you don't have somebody racing right next to you. But that's where even I remember back in my old track days, my my uh, coach Leroy Burrell and Carl Lewis, they used to always tell me that you have to learn how to run and not race, which that actually goes over the head of many people, even myself for many years. Uh, so it's more of like just actually knowing exactly how to apply a certain type of effort and a certain type of motion rather than needing someone else to get you motivated aka having somebody right beside you so it's, it's definitely a mind trick that you have to play with yourself De devin white running a sub four four is more impressive <laughs> than those guys running like four two two and four two six right no doubt about it because i've been watching devin uh white ever since he got drafted number what five overall to the Tampa Bay buccaneers and even watching him in the super bowl the way that kid moves uh the nfc title game all throughout the playoffs like i don't know how he will a go through another season of football without making a pro bowl nod and getting all pro votes and i love bobby wagner obviously i love uh my man up there in indianapolis the uh, Mike linebacker, Darius Leonard, uh, Fred Warner for the San Francisco 49ers. But I tell you this, like that Devin White kid, he's special. Uh, no doubt about it. So he probably was the most impressive of everybody that I saw in the virtual race. Yeah, it was really impressive. Well, let, let me ask about that following up, though. Like Devin White is certainly stands out, makes a lot of plays. But like in this day and age in the NFL, he does struggle in coverage. Like, can a, can a linebacker be really, really good and elite now in the NFL without being able to cover that well? I think that's going to be very difficult to be elite in today's NFL and not be great in pass coverage. Um, I did not watch Devin White play every single game last year, but from the ones that I did see, he seemed pretty he, – he seemed like he knew what he was doing to me. I mean, uh, the – final interception that he made in the Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes, just simply the way that he's actually rotating, the way he's flowing along along the field, flowing toward the, uh, the sideline, reading Pat Mahomes' eyes, knowing how to pluck the ball right when he needs to, and even an almost interception that he made earlier in the game when he was uh, covering Travis Kelsey. I think he's just going to get better. He definitely has the ability to do it, but I think that anytime you see a team that has a good pass defense, it's impossible to do that without having linebackers that understand pass coverages that understand concepts and they are just as they're just as defined they're just as oriented and actually stopping the pass as the defensive backs are is that the position that has changed the most uh especially on defense over the last you know few years i'd probably say that's probably one of the most i think that uh number one you're still gonna have your corners your DBs that are probably the most valuable on the field whenever it comes to today's game because you have so much of the passing, the spread offense, it's matriculating from the college level to the NFL level. But nonetheless, to be a great linebacker in today's game, 
you have to be able to play in space. You have to be able to at least hold your own covering a, a tight end or running back out of the backfield, something like that. But if you want to be one of the true elites, the Fred Warners, the Bobby Wagners, the Darius Leonard's, the Devin Whites, uh, the uh, let me see, I can go all the way down the list. You go back to the 49ers when they were really, really good with uh, with my man Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and people like that. Mm -hmm. If you really want to be an elite, you're going to have to be somebody that is an every down linebacker, which means they can't just take you out on third down because it's now a passing situation. You got to be able to stop the run first and second down. And then on third down, you have to be able to go ahead, drop into coverage, play man to man, things like that, and have good ball skills. So definitely one of the positions that has had to go through probably the most metamorphosis or just i say maturation process as far as the importance in today's game on the defense side of the ball stanford routes with us he's a former oakland raider he's our football insider joins us on fridays with cofield and company uh you you played in the league so you know these situations arise i wonder what it does to a team when you just get a cap casualty a guy who can still play but in the case of Julio Jones, the Falcons simply can't afford to put together their entire roster with him around. So what do you think of uh, Jones being dealt at 32 years old, was a little bit injured last year? Where do you think he is right now in his career? I think he's definitely in a place in his career where he wants to win. He got a little bit of a taste of being in that playoff run when they blew that lead to the New England Patriots back in the 2016 season. And with a guy like him being as great as he is coming out ever since 2011 draft, since he's been a top-notch guy, yeah, he's at that point. He's 32 years old. Obviously, his body does not hold up as well as it used to. Everybody can see that. He's primed to go to a Green Bay, to go to a team that needs another top-notch receiver. Doesn't mean Devontae uh, Adams isn't good because Devontae Adams is easily top five. But he's primed up and ready to go to a team that's void of one playmaker, that can get them right over the hump. A team that's on the cusp right now just because he's made gobs of money in this league. He's been to Pro Bowls, all pros, things like that. He probably is starting to feel like there's a void, that there's something missing in his career when you really look at it in its totality. And that right there is getting that ring. So I think that the Falcons owe him the opportunity to go and put him on a team where he can go and win now. You look at Atlanta. They just drafted Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. We all know he's going to be really, really good. Matt Ryan, they didn't go ahead and draft a quarterback because Matt Ryan is still owed X amount of dollars uh, for the remainder of the next two years, things like that. So, Atlanta, And then they have a new head coach. So Atlanta's not really in a position where they're going to be anything that is going to be formidable for, I'd say, the next year and a half to two years. Julio Jones is 32. He's like, uh, come on, guys. Like, I don't have that much more time left. So I think that they're showing so much mercy, and I think that they're actually showing respect. They're doing right by him by getting him the hell up out of there. Possible destinations listed by uh, one site, Ravens, Niners, Patriots, Colts, Chargers, Titans. I know some people think the Raiders could be involved. Uh, do you hear any destinations there where Julio Jones would be like, yeah, that's the spot I want, uh, I want to go? I'll give you the teams again. Ravens, Niners, Patriots, Colts, Chargers, Titans. Ravens, Ravens, Niners, Patriots, Colts, Chargers, Titans. I don't really like him for the Titans. I don't think they throw the ball enough. He deserves to be on a passing team where they throw the ball. The Colts, him teaming up with a Carson Wentz, yes. For the New England Patriots, if Tom Brady was still there, I'd be like, hell yes. Um, the what, what were the other teams? You said the Browns? Uh, Niners, Chargers, 
Ooh, Chargers. Oh, or Justin Herbert. Ooh, and uh, and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Ooh, that right there would be really right. scary. That would and a be, team that likes and a, and a guy who likes to throw deep and can and can throw deep. Exactly. I think that you put him on a team like the the Ravens. No, no, like no. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's still growing as a passer. We all know that when it comes to the receivers for the uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, they're the like they get that they're the last people to come to the table. It's all about the run game. The tight ends are the ones who get the bulk of the passes. We all know that they don't really throw outside the numbers much. So for the Baltimore Ravens, if a receiver goes there, he's going there knowing. He is not going to have a statistically great year. Now, will they be in the playoffs? Lamar Jackson, great player, may win the MVP award again. Very, uh, very well true. But you go to Baltimore knowing you are not going to statistically have a great year. You know that. So the 49ers as well, they're more so built on the run. They like the bells and whistles. I think Kyle Shanahan, he's not trying to feature a number one receiver. Obviously, you got George Kittle. He's still a dog over there playing that tight end position. And I think that if, if he wants to go somewhere where he can win and still be able to go ahead and put up his numbers, I would like the Colts. I would like the Chargers. And, man, I would love him up there in Green Bay. And I know AR-12, Aaron Rodgers, would love it as well. <laughs> you think Gruden would want him? I'll ask both of you guys, uh, Stanford first. You think Gruden would want him? Can they clear enough money to get him in here? I would love to have Julio Jones in a black and silver uniform in Sin City. And I'm going to tell you why. Because with a Henry Ruggs being drafted number one receiver overall last year, I think the world of him. But because Henry Ruggs, he's a speed demon. He's a speed guy. We all know that. And because he isn't, because he's not polished enough to run all the routes on the proverbial tree, it's easier for a DB to go against a Henry Ruggs than it would be a Stefan Diggs, even though a Henry Ruggs is so much faster because like Will Fuller used to be for the Texans and Miko Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's easy to get a bead on what he likes to do because he's not going to run the dig. He's not going to run the comeback. He's not really going to run the hitch. Whenever he's in the game, you know they're looking to throw him deep. Okay, that's fine. But if you don't have someone else on the opposite side who can run all of the routes on the route tree, somebody to make the defense, the D coordinator, the free safety to go ahead and actually shift some of their attention to that other side, it's real easy to go ahead and take the speed guy out of the game. You go out there and you have Julio Jones on one side. You got to shift that coverage to Julio's side. Well, guess what? Now with a Henry Ruggs, he's got single coverage. You have maybe your second or your third corner on him, maybe a nickelback, and now he can really get off. But as long as you got the number one corner over there, it's going to be it's going to be a very easy day for that defense because he has not developed all of the tools in his arsenal. He has not learned how to run all of the pass routes on the route tree. So thus, you don't keep the defense honest. They already know that you have a certain tendency and they're just going to make sure that they take away your right hand and they're going to make you play left handed. So that's why I say you put Julio Jones in that black and silver up there at Allegiant Stadium, silver and black. Wow. Watch Derek Carr go through the numbers, and then watch Waller have a monstrous, <laughs> even better than he's had the past couple of years, watch him have a monster year. 
Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go much shorter and just say this to you, Stever, get your opinion on it. Isn't he just, he's just a John Gruden type of guy, right? John Gruden loves like toys. And Julio <laughs> Jones is like a toy for him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes, we all know that John Gruden loves his offensive toys. There's no doubt about that. I think that him and John Gruden would be able to get along. I think that John Gruden, we all know that he's a little bit of a control freak, likes to micromanage, things like that. We all saw that him and Derek Carr, they kind of bumped heads when he first got there. It seems like they're finally finding common ground, like they're learning how to coexist. I think that he'd be able to get along with Julio. Julio's not a prima donna. He's not a diva. He's a great receiver, no doubt about it. And we all know that receivers typically tend to carry that stereotype of being a diva. Julio doesn't seem like he's anything like that. He's hard-nosed. He brings his he brings his hard hat and his lunch pail to work every Sunday afternoon. And he puts up monstrous, monstrous numbers, has Pro Bowl seasons, like they're going out of style. I think it would be great. I'm not sure where the Raiders are as far as actually being able to make that happen as far as with draft capital, trade bait, things like that. But I definitely would love to see that. And I think that you would see Josh Jacobs. I think you would see Darren Waller. I think you see Henry Ruggs. I think you would see everybody else's game open up because now you got to shift the coverage to that dog over there on the right sideline. And now everybody else has single coverage. Could you imagine a situation where now Henry Ruggs is getting single coverage every single game? Can you imagine a situation where now, guess what? Darren Waller has to be single covered because they got to shift the coverage to Julio's side. Could you imagine a light box for Josh Jacobs every Sunday <laughs> afternoon because can't load the box because you know what? I don't trust my corner to be over there man to man with uh, Julio Jones. So it would open up everything for everybody on that offense. And then Derek Carr would be the ultimate recipient. He'd be the open, ultimate beneficiary of having that barrage of weapons. I want to go back to something you said about Julio Jones there. Maybe you're biased here. So maybe it's not, it's not fair to ask you this question, but is there anything wrong with a receiver being a diva? Listen, fellas, I play DB. <laughs> so I think that uh, one thing that one thing, man, I remember, I remember that Charles Woodson said this and Namdi Asamoah, he also he also uh, he also uh, reiterated. I'm sorry. He also recited this same sentiment is that we played a lot of man coverage in Oakland all of my years there and playing in a lot of man coverage and on the other side of that being a receiver who's playing against corners and man coverage you're on an island a lot of the time and you're on an island in a way that there is no long distance call carrier so you can't call for help it's you versus him so it forces you to have to live in your own world where as an offensive lineman we're all on a string we're all playing together. We all got to be in unison. As a defensive lineman, you run stunts. You run games so you can go ahead and get a free run at the quarterback sometime, thing like that. But when you're playing out there on the edges, it's just you and him. It's mano y mano. So whenever you're doing that a lot, it forces. Oh, did we lose? We lost Stanford. Ah, damn it. All right, we'll wrap on that. We'll wrap on that. Let's, uh, let's catch up. Go to break here. We got the uh, fat pack. On the way, we uh, might have to start a GoFundMe. We have some uh, issues in uh, someone's kitchen. And uh, remember, we're going to talk some boxing. Also, the local scene in about uh, an hour. Al Bernstein, the legendary Al Bernstein, is going to be on Cofield and Company. 
Cofield got his mortgage tuned up, you should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Gotta move, cause time is a wasting. There's such Fat Pack time. Living to do. Time to talk some cooking. Specifically, what we use to cook with. Uh, how many different options do you have in your house to make something? Like, is even going as low as like a toaster? You got like six or seven? I, mean, I think I, I have one, the microwave. Okay, that's okay. That that's a better question. How many do you know how to use? How many do you use? I mean, I got you know, the air fryer. I got a toaster. I got. Oh, I, I would say I've I've talked about this the mini waffle maker, mini waffle maker. So that's what. What are we up to? Three or four? You got you got a stove, you got an oven. So now you're sure. up to six. Sure. Any other things on the on the counter? Any other? I mean, the air fryer. Did you say that already? Yeah, I think you said that already. Oh, that sucks. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I have other things that I'm not even thinking of. We'll make a list for next week. I think I probably have twelve or thirteen. Okay. Uh, including one that I bought like two months ago that I still haven't opened. Hoarding. It's just, it's nonstop. The grill. Uh, and we should include the grill. Yeah. Actually, you can go outside and cook on the grill. I have a smoker too. So I'm probably, probably at 15 different. I have an ice cream maker. You, what? Really? Yeah. When's the last time you made ice cream? This week. Get out of here. Yeah. And sorry, sure, let's sugar go. Sugar-free ice cream. Let's it's go awesome. to the, uh, the Hill Hostel just, and we're going to get, go get some ice cream. I just it's had great. to make sure my mic wasn't on when I replied be something to that you really do that's surprising me oh yeah wow um if you didn't have the microwave you'd be okay right well yeah we just uber eats <laughs> no 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 that's not the answer <laughs> that's not the answer well you can you can pretty much heat you can heat up a lot of different you're gonna heat up soup in the air fryer but you can heat up a lot of the same things in the air fryer sure but i wouldn't why not Eh, that's that's special occasions. Just special, special occasions. Chicken wings and steak. That's it. All right. Hmm. Ari, you're a big microwave guy, are you not? I'm really not necessarily, but I found out the hard way that that there are a lot of little things that in the cooking in my cooking process, if you want to call it cooking, that the microwave are needed for. And mine took a dump last night, and. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to recover or not because it was working if I slammed the door a certain way and then it just stopped. So, uh, yeah, but just little things like I can cook. Like, for instance, I had some leftovers, rice and chicken. Like, there's no it's not about I can't cook or anything like you just you, you nuke it for 20, 30 seconds and you eat it. It's delicious. And OK, so it's going to take a little more effort to throw it in a pan no, and heat it up. I left. That just seems kind of like you're going to ruin it almost like I honestly would just eat it cold. Well, that's what I did, uh, but I did put the chicken in the toaster. You ate it oven. cold? You didn't just throw it in a pan and put it on the oven? No. I put it, I put the, to- uh, I'm sorry, the chicken, I put an aluminum foil in my toaster oven. This is actually kind of undercooked from the restaurant, honestly. So, and then I threw it in with the cold rice. It was awful. And I was really excited about eating it. Was it was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I have like breadsticks, frozen breadsticks. So I alternatively just kind of had to set them low on the toaster oven, let it melt a little, you know, thaw out and then toast. So little stuff. Um, I drink tea sometimes, so I guess I'll have to be boiling water for that. It's not the end of the world, but Ooh, it, a, it just I do made a little it, water it, boil. Yeah, well, the kettle. No, so, it's is a, that what it's called? It's not an actual. Well, I guess it is. I mean, it's like a it's a separate uh, thing, and you just you just plug it in and it boils water. Wow, for tea. Those are good. Yeah. No, that's fine. Ari is helpless without the microwave. No, do we I'm need a, to start a GoFundMe? I'll be okay. Yeah, you should anyway, just just because I'll take it. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to start shopping, I guess, for, for a new microwave. How, so. how desperate are you? Because I think I have an old microwave hoarder. Uh, I've got an old microwave, and I don't think I threw it out. I've got an old one in my garage. As a nice temporary solution? That, oh, yes. it's only temporary. Wow, he's not going to take well, it. No, you said not good, not good hold on, hold on. First of all, I, I do. you give me a lot of things, and it's like, here you go, and you I, you imply that I'm borrowing it, and then I feel like um, I still have these things. There's a lot of stuff. First of all, I don't, I don't know that I've given you anything except you needed rice during the pandemic, and I had a lot of rice, so I brought in I, rice. I meant like I meant, we live next door to each other and some sugar. I didn't bring sugar, but no. I gave you some rice. I'm, what I, else? Some I noodles? I got a laptop. I, gave you because, I got a camera. That, that well, the laptop's camera. for work. Uh, camera is too, but I haven't used it. In my, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. Like I appreciate it, so I don't want to just take your microwave you know, and just that's it. I'm good. But My hey. guess is tonight on the Late Night Pod, we could probably get you 8 to 10 microwaves. They're all, they'll all be used, but I, our audience is very giving, very generous. They also think there's this weird thing that Brady started that I don't clean the microwave or something, so don't worry if I get <laughs> is that any, right yeah it's it's a random thing he made up so just so you know quite the opposite Listen, yeah. including you if I get wow. your microwave that thing is getting or whoever's it is getting totally yeah. cleaned and disinfected uh, let's not even get into the issue of cleaning the microwave because obviously at the Lotus kitchen oh. it's a nightmare I'll actually I'll, you know I'll, I've I've called her out before uh, I mostly praise the so nightmare with the microwave we've got the plastic covers right there uncovered all the time like what what do we grow up in a barn come on you know how to use a microwave just popping stuff all over the freaking ceiling of the microwave that i'm heating up liquid there's chunks dropping down like what is this living like animals i i for that is one of the reasons that i will like i'll have food in the in the refrigerator that's like left over and i'll take it out and be like i'm just gonna eat it cold I'm not. I'm not going to deal with putting it in the microwave. You don't have a. Co- you're. You don't have a cover. I do. Well, that seems. Like That's a, a hassle for you. It's a lot of work, and then you don't know how long to put things in for. You don't know oh how to put. God. How long? Dude, no. Adam, no idea. Adam's making have, me feel. Literally, have, okay. Ari was talking earlier. He said earlier, he had a piece Worst. of chicken, like a piece of chicken from a restaurant, right? Yeah. How long do you put that in for? Depends on how hot you want it. And you don't want to overcook it. Exactly. If you yeah. like, if you like your now, food, now right, it's a mess. Well, if so you like, it's too long or it's not long enough. You don't get a feel for how to use the microwave and how hot you want your food. I just eat it cold. You're an adult. Uh, you eat it cold. It's, it's the same. It's the same thing. Oh God. Food is food. This, no, it's not. It, it is. has to be hot. No. Cold food. I'll eat a cold piece of chicken. It, sure, but like in this continent, not with cold. Like you won't eat it with hot rice. It, Trust me, man. There's there's a lot. I'm, I'm, it's only been like 12 hours. I'm learning oh so much about the importance of a microwave. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting. All right, let's do it. We go out to the Orleans. 
Boyd Gaming is the official home of Lotus Broadcasting, LB Sports Network, for the VGK playoff games. George Cole is up with Cofield and Company. What's up, George? Is George there? Yeah, I'm sorry. George. If you cut out for a moment. Hey, what's going on, George? How are you? Uh, doing very well. How about yourself? We're good. We're good. We're excited for this weekend. Good sports weekend. So, uh, first of all, give me your take on uh, Golden Knights yesterday. Good comeback victory. And I, I wonder how you guys uh, wound up on the uh, – were you on the right side of the game or not? Well, I, I, I probably would have preferred it not to uh, have uh, gone over the puck line. Right. Uh, typically uh, – Anytime the Knights win, we don't do too well out here. Uh, when they cover the puck line, that's even worse. So what are we looking at for tomorrow? I'm seeing uh, Knights slight favorite, 120 at one spot. Where are you guys? We're at minus 126. Uh, the total is 5.5 under minus 120. And right now the puck line is minus 1.5 plus 220. Do you find yourself adjusting numbers for Knights games just because you know where people are going to go? You know, uh, in years past, 100%, Adam, now with sports betting going around the rest of the country, uh, that's changed a little bit because um, uh, our sports book in Boyd Gaming um, in Nevada, we run it, but we do have properties throughout the country. Some of those also have sports books, so we can't tend to uh, lean one way as much as we used to. I, I I just ask. I don't. I actually don't know know this. So just uh, to see, like, can you have different numbers in different locations? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, once we put a number up in Las Vegas, it's that number across Las Vegas. But yeah, right. throughout the country, there are different states can change their numbers. That's uh, always interesting and always something that's developing with you know this expansion of the sportsbook industry that we didn't think we'd see uh you know just a couple of years ago and now it's it's these kind of questions are coming up more and more i guess yeah i mean as you as you look on the news every day on twitter there's another state legalized it or there's a you know a bill that's about to pass so um it takes up a good portion of our time just finding who's going legal next and then whether we have uh you know i think we have casinos in lots of different states so you know, we're looking everywhere to expand. George, what are you seeing in terms of action on the NBA playoffs? Has this uh, this play-in setup, the play-in setup, actually been good for you guys in terms of handle? Uh, Wednesday night's game was uh, the Lakers Warriors. There was a lot of um, a lot of action on that tonight's game. There is uh, quite a bit, but more uh, because it's the only game on the board tonight. Um, one of the things, uh, whenever LeBron plays, and now especially he's on the Lakers. People either love them or hate them. So yeah. it's kind of like I always said with Tiger Woods with golf. was great because you either were a Tiger Woods fan and you wanted to bet for him or you hated him and you want to bet against him. And I think LeBron brings that same thing to NBA. George Cole on Cofield and Company from the Orleans. All right, so how aggressive are you guys with the football numbers? Uh, when do you get all the football numbers out for your games in the NFL season and uh, also the college football games of the year? Um, right now, for the NFL, we have Week One up. We also have uh, tons of different prop bets on the, you know, whether you're going to win the, who's going to win the Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP of the league. So we get a little bit more aggressive on the NFL. Uh, we do not have college football up yet. 
I would expect that to be probably in the next month or so. Okay. Uh, how da- I would think getting the college games up early is really, really dangerous because it's such a pro's market. Well, it, it is. And, you know, a lot of people, believe it or not, everybody rushes to get them up, and then they sort of take lower limits on it. A lot of people, your average person doesn't want to tie their money up for three or four months. Right. And we'll get somebody that comes in to town at the Orleans who's from, you know, Alabama who wants to get a bet in on Alabama. But for the most part, the guys we see day-to-day, which is 98% of our business, they're not going to tie their money up until September. So week one, that Monday Night Football game, did you guys get a decent amount of action on the Raiders game or uh, people kind of staying away from that one against the Ravens? Well, yeah, there, there was. I mean, it's, we're sitting at minus five right now on that game. Ooh, okay. Um, but again, you know, it's some people, a lot of people like to go and bet it so they can walk around and talk to their friends about how they just bet the Raiders game. But the real action, you know, I'd like to even say it comes the Monday, the week before, but it's really Friday night and Saturday that they start betting NFL games. And then obviously it's right up until kickoff. Yeah, I was going to say to you, how do you even kind of guess what, what it's going to be like for you know the Raider differential right around the game in terms of the, the late money coming in? Yeah, I, I mean, like, again, that goes back to what I was just talking with Adam with. It's, it's now, you know, we have properties throughout the country, so you know, we don't really, I, I, I'm not, cheat's not the right word. I mean, we don't lean a certain direction as much as we used to. We would have protected ourselves against the Raiders in the old days. Adam, do me a favor. Run this one by George. You're, you you got all annoyed yesterday. You sent out a tweet about someone was complaining about the Raiders' win total, I think it was, versus the Broncos' win total. Or whatever. No, it was, it was it was divisional. Division odds, right? It was divisional odds. And your theory is what? Well, it, it's, it's, not even, it's not even about this particular thing. I just get very annoyed, George, when people – whenever anybody comments on odds being, like, ridiculous or hysterical or this is, this is insane, Vegas is so dumb, what are they doing? <laughs> I always just respond with, like, well, how much did you bet on it? Yeah, like you can yeah, sit there and say it. Like that—that's the yeah. ultimate, the ultimate thing, right? Like, stop complaining about it on Twitter. Go bet it if it's wrong. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. And you know, to that point, I also like when people walk up to the window and say, "How much will you take on this game?" And our first question is, "How much do you have in your pocket right now?" Yeah, yeah. because everybody <laughs> always wants you to say, you know, something, and then it's, "Oh, well, I got to go out to my car." Or, you know, I'll right. be back in an hour. <laughs> And a lot of things can change in an hour. You know, I mean, you bet the Packers today and tomorrow Aaron Rodgers is traded, you still have your bet. You know, I mean, sometimes they get the best of us, sometimes we get the best of them. Well, that that, that was the, the follow-up to this, too, which was that, you know, they were so mad that the Chiefs were the clear favorite in the division and then the Broncos were not far behind. And you know when you're when you're looking at some of these future numbers, how much do you have to take into consideration? Well, the Broncos are the most rumored team to get Aaron Rodgers. You can't put them up on the board at like twelve to one when they could possibly have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, no, you you, you we we pay attention to the uh, the trades as much as anyone else does. I mean, and, and these days it's there's so much information out there that you have to try to sift through to find out what's real and what's. It's just a rumor, and, and then you have to figure out, you know, now it seems like the whole Rodgers thing is kind of calming down, and, you know, maybe he gets a new contract, and they're, they're buddy-buddy again. You hear people talk about maybe they'll go after another receiver to appease him, but, 
yeah, we, we try our best to pay attention to all of it. George, are you off on Monday? Are you going to be over there on Monday? Because we're going to be out with the live show at Bailiwick on Monday. Yeah, I'll probably come by and uh, and have some of the uh, Reuben egg rolls with you guys. They have some good food over there. There you go. All right, George. Well, have a good weekend. I hope you, uh, you guys do well, and we'll see you on Monday. Yep, looking forward to it, Steve. Thanks for having me on. There he is, George Cole, longtime bookmaker in town. He's at the Orleans. Uh, we're at the Orleans on Monday starting at 2 o'clock with the live show going up to Game 5, and it's inside of Bailiwick. If you've been to Bailiwick, you know what it's all about. Very cool, upscale, upscale pub fair, and you got uh, some of the share plates that George just mentioned with the uh, the Rubens, the Reuben egg rolls, and you can go high-end with uh, steak and lobster and prime rib, and then uh, across the property, uh, the Orleans is one of my favorite places in town. You got uh, oysters and chowder over at uh, Big Al's Oyster Bar. You got Alder and Birch. You got a great uh, Asian kitchen there as well. So check out the Orleans this weekend. If you don't go there this weekend, we'll be there Monday, 2 o'clock, inside Bailiwick with a live Cofield and Company. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should, too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments.